Happy July! Woohoo! We are in the thick of summer, and with the kids out of school, we get a lot of bonus family time, which is wonderful. It's amazing <laughs> most of the time. Um, it's also a little chaotic. Uh, I feel like right now there are snacks and wet bathing suits all over my house, and my kids. My kids seem to move between being each other's best friends to being sworn enemies. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone? The summer is a really great time to work with your kids to set up systems. There's just a little more space. There's a little less pressure each morning trying to get them out of the house, which is why I'm really excited to share today's conversation with you. In today's episode, I talk with Laura Hernandez from Mama Systems, and she has 10 kiddos and a fascinating story of how her family grew quickly. And this put her in a situation where she had to implement and create systems fast because mama needs peace. And so I'm really excited. She's going to offer us some tips on how to teach our kids chore systems that they can actually implement. I love her approach to really thinking about your kids and developing systems that are based on them and their needs and your needs as a mama too. So you all buckle in, take out your notebooks. You're going to want to take some notes. I'm so excited for this. Do you want to feel less scattered and more focused, but the idea of goal setting sounds like adding more pressure to your already pressure-filled life? If so, welcome to the Plan Goal Plan Podcast. I'm Danielle McGue. I'm a professor, mom, planner addict, and recovering overachiever. After years of hustle and grind, I was tired of trying harder. I was ready to try easier. At the intersection of research, practice, and play, I found a purposeful path to planning and goal setting that is fun, simple, and sustainable. If you're ready to try easier, if you're ready to make memories and do meaningful work, grab a pen. I will equip you with tools and practices to clarify purpose, reclaim time, and achieve goals playfully and lightly. Let's get started. Hi, y'all. I am so happy to welcome Laura Hernandez to today's episode of Plan Go Plan. Laura is a wife and mama to 10 amazing people. That's beautiful. It's wonderful. She is the founder of Mama Systems, a coaching business that helps mamas bring peace to their homes through systems so that they can be intentional with their people and show up as the best mamas possible. And I know that that is why so many of you are listening, that you want to be able to show up at work and at home intentionally. You want to be able to do meaningful work and you want to be able to have memories that you're making with your kiddos. So Laura, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell me your story. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. So we do have 10 kids and that's kind of a shocker for people. And I have to repeat it several times for them to actually understand the number I'm saying. <laughs> but in one year, kind of a six month period, we went from four kids to eight kids. We just had our fifth biological and then we moved across the country to adopt a sibling group of three. And so we had a new baby, moved cross country, got these three new little people that we didn't know. And it felt like somebody just dropped their kids off. We knew of them. We knew them, but we didn't really know them. <laughs> so Yay. these three kids come join our home. And it was just so 
chaotic. We didn't know at the time that they had special needs. And so there, there was just a lot going on at all times. And so we had five little people that were four and under all in diapers, all in pack and plays, all in cribs. Like, yeah, it felt like somebody just threw me into the deep end and I all of a sudden lost all sense of mothering and order and all the things because, oh my goodness, I was not prepared for all of the feelings and emotions that would come with that. And so started looking for things, something, anything, some routine, some, somebody to tell me what to do. And there was nobody who really had our experience of all these little people fostering little people with caseworkers in and out of your home all day, like all of it, like nobody had that, like nobody's written that book yet. And so I just remember being like, okay, I've got to figure this out myself. We've got to do this. Like, it was like, I threw pieces of a puzzle out on the table and started like sorting through and be like, okay, what's important to us? What do I want to prioritize? What do we need to leave behind? And from there, we were able to create some amazing systems in our home. And this is not like a magical one and done. This is always shifting and changing. But that process that I walked through that brought peace to my home, I now get to help other moms do that with my coaching business, Mama Systems. And so that's what I get to do. And I love it so much. And that's why I'm here today, hopefully to share some good tips and tricks with you guys. Yay. I'm so excited. I'm ready to take some notes. So how, how many years ago was that big move? That was back in 2014. It was just yesterday, but we're almost on 10 years. It goes so fast, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. That's awesome. So 10 little people. I love that. That was an all hands on deck sort of situation. One of the things that I think, you know, we're into the summertime here. I know that we're going to be working on the summer is my kids are now five and seven. How do I help them recognize that this is our home and that that we are going to take responsibility for taking care of our home and making sure that it is a space that serves us all? And so how do you how do you help how do you help kids take responsibility? Yes, I love talking about this so much because it's been so fun to watch our kids grow and just seeing kind of the all the positives that come from implementing a good chore system or responsibility system, like whatever word that you want to feel comfortable with saying, we call them chores in our house or morning, morning responsibilities. Everybody has things that they're in charge of. And I think as moms, if we can see ourselves as the managers of our home and we can kind of run our home smoothly, these things will kind of come naturally, right? We can start to look at our lives of like, okay, I don't need to be doing it all. I can delegate some of these things out. What are some things that I can delegate out to kids? Which kids can I delegate this out to and trust them with? And it may not be perfect the first hundred times, but working with them in that repetitive, that repetitive action of, Hey, every day you're going to show up and unload the dishes. And if they put the forks with the spoons, like amazing, they put the silverware away, like praise them like crazy for the things that they did. And it kind of helps just build that. Hey, I belong here. I have purpose here. It gives them meaning. And, they feel a part of a team. So in our home, we talk about a team mentality a lot. It's like, we all have to rely on each other. And just like we're kind of baseball fans, we're not kind of, we're baseball fans in our house. And so everybody understands the importance of everybody being on the right base and, you know, all the pieces, right? But if the first baseman's not there, then like, what are we going to (laughs) do? We need to, like, that's not okay. We need everybody showing up and doing their job so that we can all work together and really thrive as a family. And so- that's where kind of the breakdown of the the very logical things come in next are very tangible. So this is how kind of how I set up a chore system with any mama. 
we have these things that we're not crazy about doing, right? Absolutely. And this may be, this may sound kind of cruel, but I'm like, we're going to give those to the kids, right? Because I'm a big believer that if you're not happy, if you're miserable walking around the house doing all the things you hate, like it affects the whole mood of the whole house. Mm -hmm. I really truly think it's all about the mom in the home and that little saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, that's about right. Cause if there's chaos around and I'm like, I'm just bubbling over with anxiety because of it. Cause I'm a big, I think we all are of like our environments and how our environments feel. That's how we're feeling. And oh my goodness, when I am not in a good place, I'm not a good mom. Then my kids feel shame and embarrassment, like all the negative feelings, right? So I'm just not showing up as my best self. So this is why I'm a big believer in like, hey, let's delegate those things out to kids because they don't know the difference. They need responsibility. This sounds great. So if we have our list of things that we don't like doing and then kind of think about which kid would do best with that and then think about what time of day they would do best with that. In our house, we like to do morning routines or morning responsibilities. I like to think this is kind of like roommate responsibilities of things that they are going to, as they grow, And as they leave your home, you want them to know how to do like flushing the toilet or picking up their smelly shoes and putting them away. If you can just go back to your college age self and think like, oh my gosh, that roommate that I had that left, she left bowls of cereal in like the linen cabinet. I remember finding (laughs) that and thinking like, oh my gosh, what am I living with? I know it sounds awful, but it was so stressful to me to be living with her because I'd never lived in an environment like that with someone so stressful, like just so scattered, I guess. And so She's kind of my, like, I go back to that and think, I don't want my kids to be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm like thinking about what are the skills that they're going to need when, you know, when they're no longer living in your home and how do we help them get there? And I, I really love the idea too, of thinking about, okay, here are these sets of tasks, but which tasks are best suited to which kid and when would work best for them to do it. I really like that approach so that you are, you're trying to align the skills that that kid needs or the skills that that kid might be drawn to with them. And so it may not feel as chory or responsibility. It can just feel like, oh, this is just part of what I do. And this is how I help out and I'm contributing to the family. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that time of day is really important too. Because, you know, you could have a kid that wakes up at five every morning and is ready to go and doesn't have anything to do. That's a great time to give them things to do, right? Because you don't want them waking up everybody else in the house. But other kids, you're like getting them out of bed and we're trying to rush out the door. It's not a great time for them to try to also unload the dishes. and not. So it's those other things are never going to happen. So don't give them to them because then they can't be successful with it. But if I say, hey, after school, when they're kind of fresh, after you have your snack, I need you to unload the dishes. Like that's that's a more doable thing for that kid, maybe. So I think just thinking about their best time of day and when it's the best time to ask them things, because some, some mamas will wait till after dinner before bedtime and you just get a meltdown. And again, that's not helpful for anybody and you're going to abandon ship. So play with a little bit. Once you decide it's not stuck in stone, we can move it around a little bit more. Yeah. So those morning jobs are like roommate responsibilities, brushing teeth, throwing pull-ups in the trash, getting dressed, eating breakfast, taking their medicine, things like that. Right. And then in the afternoon, we we typically do our afternoon chores at five o'clock. And the beauty of this is that at five o'clock, an alarm goes off and it helps me. I originally started this because it helps me remember that I need to make dinner. 
Yes. Because I would get to seven o'clock and be like, oh my gosh, I haven't fed anybody until it's time for bed. And what do I, ah, and then it's like panic. Right. And everyone's already hangry and we're, we're just like past the point of no return. And so that five o'clock alarm just helps hold me accountable to the clock and pay attention to the time, go in there, start making dinner. But the kids know that at five o'clock they have expectations of them. So our afternoon jobs, so the kids know what they're supposed to do and they're supposed to do it, right? So the clock, like the Alexa alarm or whatever is their accountability and not me. So I'm not telling them. I might remind them that Alexa just went off, but I'm not, I'm not being the bad guy. Alexa is. We also have charts that have very clear expectations that we've gone over so many times that everybody knows exactly what they're supposed to be doing. And I break up these chores kind of in three task buckets. So one, everybody has a job for helping prep dinner. So that could be like putting silverware on the table or getting the drinks for everybody or clearing off the table before dinner, like whatever that is, right? Two, they're getting ready for the next day. So during school, they're making their lunches, they're laying out their clothes, all water bottles, backpacks, everything's by the front door because I don't want in the morning, like this, this afternoon routine affects greatly our morning routine. And so if all that stuff's not ready to go, our morning is mass chaos. So having all that ready to go is key. And then number three, everybody has a zone that they're in charge of. So an area of the house that they can take ownership of. And it doesn't matter. Like my son, Sam, is in charge of the living room. And we get real specific with it because the living room can be like a bomb went off at any time, right? He is in charge of blankets and pillows and picking those up. And that's it. I can walk by at any time in the living room and be like, Sam, and just kind of point to the living room and he knows, okay, I need to go pick it up, right? But at five o'clock, that's his job. I also know that if I walk by at 5.30 and there's still blankets and pillows everywhere, he hasn't done his job, yeah. right? So we're both on the same page. That job's not switching up. I'm not trying to keep track of chore wheels or charts or anything. Like, nope, we just have a job and that's your job. Also, if other kids come in and make a huge mess with like Paw Patrol toys and all the other things, all he has to do are the blankets and pillows. He's not in charge of any of the other stuff, right? And if other people got out the blankets and pillows, it, like he's not allowed to say, but I didn't do this. It wasn't me because 99.9% of the time, it's not him. But other people are cleaning up stuff that doesn't belong to them either. And we're all just pitching in and doing our part. That's awesome. I There's so much in there that I really like. I love that you're using dinner time, like when you're prepping for dinner as a time for you to prepare for the next day and then it's just done and you can have the rest of your evening. I like, I love the idea of just having these zones and regardless, you're just in charge of it and it doesn't switch up every single week. So you don't have to keep track of that. One of the things that I've been trying to figure out is what is the best age to start doing some of these things? And like, how do you have these conversations like, do you have a family meeting? How do you, how do you go over all of these things with your kids? And at what age should I start doing this? Well, right now, <laughs> I think that I, our little buddy who's three has his own little chore chart. He is so excited about it. Anytime the five o'clock alarm goes off, he goes, oh, oh, my chart. And he'll like run and go get it. And he knows he's supposed to, I, mean, I don't even know if he looks at his chart, but he goes and gets a silverware because that's his job is to put the silverware around the table. And he loves it. Like he loves being a part of the team. He loves that he's like a big kid that getting to do these things, right? So they love to help at that age. And I feel like that's the prime time to teach him, hey, we're all going to pitch in as a family. We all have to work in this family. You don't get to sit there and watch your iPad all day while I do all the work. Like that's not how it's going to roll. So number one, I think the answer is now. Number two, 
it depends on the age of your kids on how you introduce it, in my opinion. I believe that early on, it's really great, like the younger they are, it's really great to set those clear expectations and then go over it and over it. So if I was talking to your kids and I would say, okay, so if you're cleaning up the living room and Sally comes in and makes a huge mess, whose job is it to clean it up? And kind of do like pop quizzes like that of like different circumstances of like, what if you had a really bad day and you're really grumpy and five o'clock happens, what could you do? Okay. You could either ask for help or you could do your job and just kind of role-playing that out a little bit and helping them think beyond the, I just need to go in there and pick it up. I think really helps cement it in their minds and then going over it. So with all of our people, we'll go over it several times. I'll be like, oh, wait, who's in charge of trashes again? Who's supposed to take out trashes? And everybody's like, Andrew, like, we got the right answer. They're so excited about it. But everybody knows whose jobs are whose jobs, right? And then we also are very clear in our expectation of, you know what, even if it's not your job and mom asks you to do it, I know what your jobs are. And if I ask you to do it, I expect you to still do it. And so I think just saying all those things up front is really helpful for them. They they know what to expect and they know what's going to happen. And them being consistent with it. And I think if your kids are older and you are just kind of jumping on this train, I think that's amazing. They still need to learn all of these things, right? So with our older people, I find that whenever I'm in seasons of really hard and I need them to step up, like, hey, Amelia, I'm going to need you to take a little bit more responsibility right now. I've got so much going on and, you know, so-and-so's in the hospital, whatever, whatever's happening. I think when I can be vulnerable and ask for help from her, they are so like, they, they love us and they want to step up and they want to help. And it may not always come across in the way that you're like, oh yeah, they love me. This feels so great because they're teenagers. But I think that piece of vulnerability and sharing that with them and modeling that I can't do it all. I need help. I'm going to ask for help. Like what a beautiful lesson to teach your kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that just, you know, like model for them that, you would want them to ask if they were having a hard day, you want them to ask for help. So how do you model that for them and present that as an opportunity to then introduce this as a way that you're going to be doing things as a family? I also really love the role playing because I do find my kids like love the quizzes, like asking them questions and that, well, what if this happened? How would we do that? And they get so excited about it. So that's wonderful. All right. So like I said, we're about to enter summer mode. Here's here's the real tough question here. How do we cut back on arguing? Especially as you're navigating the chores and that, oh, well, I didn't do the pillows that, you know, somebody else put the pillows on the ground. How do you navigate some of the arguing and any tips for me to survive the summer? Yeah. <laughs> So if you know that your kids pick on each other during chore time, I would separate them out and just kind of have them do chores on different parts of the house, right? So they're not close to each other. Um, and if you're all doing that at the same time, so when I plan out our chores for our kids, I have a few that get real distracted. ADD is very strong in our home. It's kind of like the force. It's just very, very intense. And so the ones that I know that it's the strongest with, I keep them close by so I can kind of keep them on track. If I were to send them to their room to go do something, I may not see them for two hours. Like I, I don't know where they would go, but they wouldn't be doing their chore. I do know that. And so keeping them close by is really ideal for those kiddos. But if you're like, you have two responsible kids and they're 
very capable of going off and doing a chore and then coming back. Like, amazing. Let's separate them out so they're not fighting and bickering while they do it. When I get pushback from my kids, I try to keep it as very matter of fact as possible. One of our little buddies, so all three of our adopted buddies have fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. And it's kind of a beast of a disorder. So one of them is oppositional defiance disorder. And so I have a kid with that. And it sounds just like what it is. It's defiance, opposition to everything. And so with him, he's my number one example here. I don't want to do that. Like, I won't, I will try not to whine for you, but I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you it's time to do our chores. Okay. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. And then our consequence for not doing our chores is that they grab a stick, which is just little popsicle sticks that we have in a thing and little jobs on there, like wipe down baseboards or sweep the patio. Nothing, nothing that needs to be done every day. But hey, just a reminder, we have these responsibilities, right? So Andrew's whining, complaining, refusing to do his chore. And I'll probably coach him a little bit, but then I'm like, okay, buddy, that's fine. But you're gonna have to do it in a little bit and you're gonna need to grab a stick. Okay, fine. Like he then like gets up and does his chore because he doesn't want to do a different one too. So I think that as we're consistent with things, and as we just become very matter of fact about it, they're going to try to push your buttons a million percent. But if you can be cool as a cucumber and just, you know, that's what we're doing. It's five o'clock, five o'clock jobs. That's what we're doing. I need you to go do it right now. Just very matter of fact. I think that that helps take a lot of the emotion out. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing that I've really been working on as a parent is I have a tendency to ask questions instead of make statements. And I'm having to sort of retrain myself to really not ask them, like, I just told you to do this. I'm not asking you to because I have a tendency to ask. And so that's something I'm really learning as a parent to be able to do. So this has all been so wonderful. I already have some ideas that I know I'm going to implement in my own home. And I wanted to know if my listeners wanted to connect with you, if they wanted to work with you, if they wanted to learn more, how can they do that? Yeah, my website is mamasystems.net and there's a bunch of free resources on there that you can grab and download. And there's a great chore e-guide on there that will walk you through setting up a chore system in your house with a list of age appropriate chores. And just take that with a caveat that it's really like maturity level chores, right? So not hard and fast. If you have a 10-year-old who's really more on a two-year-old level, because I have one of those, I'm picking chores from the two-year-old section, right? And so there's no shame in that. If that's the case, like just plan for your family and how it works for you. These are just ideas and different things that, that I've found that our kids can do and they can help with that. We don't often think that they can. That's amazing. Thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. I know I downloaded that, the tour chart too, and it was really helpful. So I hope that some of you all do too. And Laura, thank you so much. It was wonderful meeting you today. Thank you so much. It was so fun. If this podcast has inspired you, guided you, or just made you laugh, the number one way that you can thank me is by leaving a written review for the show over on Apple Podcast. I'm seriously tickled every time that I hear from you all, so pop onto Instagram and follow Plan Go Plan and digital message me. I want to say hello. I want to geek out about all things planning and goal setting. Keep sensing the possibilities, y'all.